preparing for what's next as we focus on that. And this is the interesting thing that I want you to kind of see here, how to prepare to get to where you have to get to from where you are. That's what I want to focus on, how to prepare to get to where you have to get to from where you are. And when we focus on that, and we're really talking about how to prepare for what's next, how to prepare for what's next. Because next for you may be graduation. Next for you may be college. Next for you may be another job or promotion. Next for you may be even having a baby or having another baby. So it, prepare, uh, preparing for what next could be um, uh, retirement, not in the sense of just sitting idly, but to effectively move into how you're going to impact someone else's life in the next season of your life. And so uh, preparing for what next may be uh, preparing for a wedding. And so when we look at that, for all of us, there is something coming up that is, is next. And for the Champion Center, there is something coming up that is next. And we're preparing for what he already has prepared for us. And so as we uh, look at and focus on the next phase and preparing for what's next, uh, you can see it coming and you, and you know what's next. And as a result of that, you can get excited about it. But what's next also can cause a little stress. You think about a, 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 a woman or a man that's getting married. They're excited about that next what's next but you know as you start putting everything together it can be a little stressful and so when we look at that we recognize then that there are uh, some steps that take place number one when you're looking at what's next what's next requires a transition and the transition requires change and change can bring on stress so when you're looking at what's next, it requires transition. You know what many people, every, everyone really loves change because change is an event. It is something that happens. The challenge is the transition that it takes what is what people are not, don't like as much. The preparation for that change is what people do not uh, embrace as well. But everyone loves change. But you love the transition, what's required to get to change. And so we look at that and we look at the steps and we look at the phases and we recognize that transition leads to change and change can also, one recognizing that things must be different as a result of that. We saw that in resetting when, Hez when um, uh, uh, Hezekiah began to reestablish or transition worship. And as he did that, uh, it began to get, get uh, God's presence became, became stronger and stronger and stronger. And God began to do for the people what he had promised and he did it quickly and the people began to rejoice. What's interesting though is that even good transition can cause stress. Preparation though is so key because preparation is better than a plan. Preparation is also better than a promise because uh, how to prepare for what's next in your life, whether it's a wedding, whether it's graduation, whether it's um, uh, promotions, uh, whether it's employment, to prepare for that, it's required that there are some things that you do to prepare for that. And you know what I love? The, the, uh, James, the brother of Jesus, 
he writes about what happens when you prepare for the next. And he tells us what, uh, what the end is, which is where we'll end up uh, today. But if you say then, now, how do, you, how do I do it? How do I um, prepare? What, 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 what are you going to tell us that's going to come out of preparing for what's next? And, and I, love, I love James. Do you know that James was not a disciple of Jesus? The brother of James. The brother of James, James did not become a disciple of Jesus until after Jesus was resurrected. <laughs> and when Jesus was resurrected, then he began to be a follower, fully persuaded that he was the Messiah. Now, what would it take for you to convince your sibling? <laughs> so he saw some stuff, man, and he saw some stuff. And, 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 and so after that, he became a follower of Jesus. And so James now, he tells us something. And he tells us the outcome. He says it like this. He says that if you do what I tell you to do, this is what is going to happen. You will be blessed in what you do. So he says that if you do what I tell you to do, then the outcome will be you will be blessed in what you do. Now, I love what he's saying because he's not saying what you do will be blessed. He's saying you will be blessed in what you do. And so we look at this and uh, I, I used to say that, you know what, James says, you know, don't be a hearer, only be a doer. Uh, or the New Testament says this. But you know what, this is really important to me because over my life, one of the things that I have certainly recognized is that when I do what God has when I do what James is telling us to do, that I've recognized that my life is blessed and it's blessed in what I do. And what's interesting though is James began to tell us how there are times in our lives when we think we're doing it but we really aren't and that what happens at various points in our lives. And so because having gone through what I've gone through in my overall life, I mean I've had an amazing life but the difference is what happens afterwards? What happens afterwards when you do what James will instruct us to do? What happens in our lives? And so he says it like this, James chapter 1, verse 22. James 1, verse 22. James says it like this, anyone, come on, come on, champ, let's, let's read that like we know what is the word of his power. Let's read it together uh, now. Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. So he says, do not listen to the word and deceive yourself. Now, the reason James says do not listen to the word, because during that day, they did not have the Bible. And so that those, they would meet together in houses. They would meet together in the temple. The Jews would meet, meet in the synagogues. And so they did not have the Bible. So they, they would listen to what was being said. And he says, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. And so they would listen to the word. And he says that if you just listen to the word, you can merely deceive yourself. Now, the, uh, the interesting thing about that, however, is that we now have the Bible today so we can replace the word listen to reading. Do not merely read the word and deceive yourselves. So he says that we're not just to listen or we're not just to read. 
And so he's saying that, look, if you're reading the word and you think it's going to make a difference, it won't. If you're just if you're merely listening to the word and you think it's going to make a difference in your life, it won't. And so if you think that you listen to the word and it's going to make a difference, you deceive yourself. If you think you're going to read the word and it will make a difference, you will deceive yourself. And he says these words, he says, there's something within us that says, because I was in the room, because I was at church, because I heard the word, because I read it in the morning, that it made a difference in my life. He says, no, 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 you're deceiving yourself. Then he says it like this. He says, do, look at this, what it says. So he says that, hey, don't, don't just, if you just listen to the word, if you, you'll deceive yourself. If you just read the word, you would deceive yourself. But he gives us some instructions. He says, what? Oh, look at that. He says, what? He says, do what it says. Do what it says. And so he goes on to say it like this. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does, but does not do what it says. Come on, champions, let's read that together. Like we know it is the word of his power. Now. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. Oh, stop right there. <laughs> Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who is looking at his face, her face, in the mirror. That's verse 23. Look at verse 24. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So James says that, look, anyone who listens to the word, merely listens to the word, uh, they'll deceive themselves if they don't do what they have heard. Uh, anyone who reads the word, they will deceive themselves if they don't do what they have done. And it's like looking into a mirror and forgetting what you look like and then just walking away. You know, what's interesting is that the, one of the reasons why uh, James writes this is because we know now that a mirror requires a response. See, you look, when you look up and get in the mirror, you are looking at it, but you're looking to make some changes to what you see. And, and, and I, I, let me just kind of say, let me just kind of kind of say it like this. Together, all of us tomorrow will get up. And when we get up tomorrow, one of the things that we're gonna do is we're gonna look into the mirror and we are going to get convicted by what we see to the point that we wanna make some changes. And so, look, he says this, a mirror requires a response. And you know how long, I, I know, I'm fully persuaded how long it takes you to look in the mirror, how long you look in the mirror every day. I'm fully persuaded. I know how long it is that you look in the mirror. You know how long you look in the mirror every day? Until it gets better. You look in the mirror until what you see <laughs> gets better. And so what you do is you see it. And when you see it, you begin to want, want to change what you have seen and then you leave the mirror when you're satisfied with how it looks. Mm, my goodness. And you know what's interesting about that? Some people have multiple mirrors in their house. And uh, they may, in the, in the, in the restroom, the bathroom, they, they look and they got it all together. But then they're getting ready to walk out the door. And then they walk by that, look in that mirror. And then they continue to do some more stuff. Why? It's because they're looking to make it better based on what they are Seeing. And so, uh, in the real world, let me just say this, in the real world, no one gets credit for looking into the mirror. No one gets credit just because you looked into the mirror. Look, if you got up tomorrow morning and you looked into the mirror 
and you put your clothes on and went to work, <laughs> and, and, and your boss walked up to you and said, you are not going to go in and talk to our client looking like that. But you said, but I looked in the mirror. It's not going to matter. Why? Because you don't get credit in the real world for looking into the mirror. However, what's interesting, though, is that we see that very differently when it comes to our personal lives and our spiritual lives. Um, and so let me just kind of give you something here uh, as, we, as we focus on this and uh, we, we focus on looking into the mirror. What happens is that we come to church many times and we may, uh, and some people come to church to be convicted. And, you know, they feel a certain way and they go, man, that was a great message. And then they go out, but they don't do what they've heard. And so life doesn't change. Uh, one of the interesting things about it is that uh, many times people believe that because they are in the wrong that, and they heard it, that they are, um, that their life will change for them. But in the realm of our personal life, one of the things we do is we do this all the time. We come, we listen uh, to uh, the word, and, and sometimes we make sounds. Mm. You, you can hear sometimes, it just, mm, that's good. Show you right. And we make sounds. Why? It's because what has been said may resonate with truth in the world or truth with me. But just hearing it and not going out and doing something about it does not create change. James says that what happens is that we deceive ourselves. So notice this. If you see something in the mirror, but do nothing, when you go into the next season, you'll see something and do nothing as well. Why? It's because you won't be prepared. But James says it like this in verse 25. He says, but whoever, come on champions, let's read that together now. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. And he says, whoever looks intently. That's a great word, intently, because the word intently in the Greek, it means that you're supposed to stop and you're supposed to stare at that thing. It's got your attention. And you know what it's like when you look in the mirror, you look and you see that. But you, what, what happens? You're looking and, and those people, some people will cover up that spot, blend it in. And some people do it. And some people not only at the house, but some people do it driving down the street. So one of the things that we recognize is that mirrors are a very big part of our lives and the purpose we look in them is we look in them so that we can make what we see better. It can look better to us. And so when he talks about uh, looks intently, intently, he's saying you look at it and you stare at it and you stare at it and you stare at it. He says you look intently into what? The perfect law that gives freedom. Now, when Jesus was doing is that in his earthly ministry, this is when we talk about the perfect law in his earthly ministry, Jesus, they would always come and ask, what's, what's the commandment? What's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? And, and, and it was at one time, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. Um, love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. And then Jesus kind of messed up their Kool-Aid because he uh, came along and he says that, um, he looks at it further and he says that what I want you to do is I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. But you know what's interesting is Jesus did not stop right there. It wasn't that love the Lord your God uh, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. But he says that love your neighbor as yourself. But before he was being crucified, he didn't stop there because 
He said to his disciples, guys, tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a new commandment. And he says, I did something that was so impacting to your life, and you, uh, you may not realize it yet, but I want you to love one another the way I have loved you. He says, love one another, not how you have been loved, but I want you to love one another the way I have loved you. And what's interesting is that they would understand that not really at that moment, but they would understand that uh, the next, next several days. And, and what would happen is that when Jesus took on their sins, Jesus died on the cross. He was, he was beaten, the Bible tells us, beyond the recognition of a man. Uh, and, and many of them saw that, but then now, as they saw what he was going through, that they got further and further away from him, that even in the crowd, that, 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 that there was a servant girl that saw Peter and said, he's one of uh, Jesus' disciples, and Peter denied that he was. But when Jesus rose from the dead, then they began to recognize fully that, that how he had loved them because he told them before he, he left, he says that, you know, I'm going away and I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And when, when I go, then I'm coming back again. But he began to tell them that they would have a brand new life. And he's saying that, look, I want you to prepare yourself right now for what's next. Prepare yourselves now. And I want you to love everybody the way that I have loved you. When the early church was formed, that's exactly what they did. And do you know what's interesting? Is that they were blessed in what they did. Not what they did was blessed, but they were blessed in what they did. What do you mean? Because the Bible says that they had no sickness. There was no lack. Everybody got along with everybody else. Every prayer that they prayed was answered. And it did not happen until they got to Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7. Every prayer is prayed. Acts 5, 16 tells us that every prayer they prayed. But when they got to Acts chapter 6, Ananias and Sapphira wanted the reputation of Barnabas, but they didn't have the character of Barnabas. They wanted to appear to be a certain way, but they did not have the character consistent with how they appeared. And then the following chapter in Acts chapter 7, the disagreement, the first disagreement in the church came from Serving and that first disagreement in the church, no longer will all their were all their prayers answered. No longer what they did was blessed. Gosh, if we can see that, so what does that tell us? That tells us that do not be a listener or a reader of the word only, because if we do, we deceive ourselves. And because we've deceived ourselves, the power and the blessing that should come to us does not simply because. We have not done what he has said. So James gives us some instructions on this. And so what's interesting is that Jesus says something very interesting when he was telling them to love one another as he had loved them. It wasn't like I'm supposed to love you. It wasn't like I, I got to respond to you, but I've got to do that the way Christ has loved. And you know what? So it's not just hearing. It's not just reading. It's not just about seeing, but it's about doing. And notice what it says. It says, he says that there is a perfect law that gives us freedom. A perfect law that gives us freedom. And so notice this, that we come to a place when we become doers of the word, that we become actually free. And when we look at that, 
we make adjustments in our lives. And the reason that we make adjustments in our lives is so that we can create freedom later. So notice this. We have to make the adjustments that it takes because the seasons of life are connected. How you, how you, how you move from one season to another season is connected together. Well, I'm going to do this in this season. No, no, no. Uh, because if you don't do it in this season, you won't do it in the next season. I mean, I mean, if you really look at it, it's very difficult to find someone who wouldn't study in high school but decided they were going to study in college. So, 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 so it's, it's, really, it's, it's really important. It's really important. So we recognize that the seasons are connected. And this is what I'm, I'm going to do now, but in the next season I'm going to do something different. No, no, no. What you do in the season you're in is connected to the next season. And so let me just give you the whole verse here as he says it. Let's read it together, champions, like you know it is the word of his power now. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they had heard, but doing it, stop right there. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, <laughs> so notice this, whoever stares intently into that mirror, which is the word of God, and whoever it gives freedom and whoever continues in it, not just listening, not just a hearing, not just reading, but actually doing it, and they continue in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but what? But what? They will be blessed in what they do. And so James is not saying here that what you do will be blessed. He's saying you will be personally blessed in what you do. Personal fulfillment in what you do. And isn't it a personal uh, response when you see something and you change it that you feel better about, you're more fulfilled about what you do? See, being a doer here is not uh, just preparing for what is later, but the preparation of what is next. And look at this. The preparation for what is next is to do what God says and wants to do with you in the season that you're in.